0: Welcome to the Next Level Leadership Podcast. I'm your host, Josh Parnell. The Next Level Leadership Podcast exists with you in mind. It exists to raise you to your next level of leadership. Today's episode is titled, Leading a Legacy. We've heard the phrase, leaving a legacy. We know that at the end of our lives, we're all gonna leave a legacy one way or the other, but what kind of legacy will we leave? The reality is that right now, in the season of life that we're all in, we're currently leading a legacy. And the legacy that we're leading determines the legacy that we'll be leaving. So we'll discuss all that and more on this episode of the Next Level Leadership Podcast. So stay tuned because this is one episode you do not want to miss. Hello, everyone. Thanks for tuning in today. I'm excited for today's topic. It's something that I I believe that we all need to hear and truly understand the magnitude of the current opportunity that we all have every day. So what we do today determines our impact tomorrow, because the legacy that we lead determines the legacy that we leave. I had the pleasure of serving in the Air Force, and as you know, Veterans Day is just around the corner, and so I wanted to share a small part of my story to provide perspective on how I learned about the importance of maximizing my day in order to leave a legacy I can be proud of. My story begins shortly after high school. I had hopes and dreams and aspirations of going to Hollywood to become the next Steven Spielberg. Uh, That clearly didn't happen, but I had a very strong interest in filmmaking, and I found out that the University of North Texas in Denton, near Dallas, had a great radio, TV, and film program. And so I went to UNT, planned on being there for four years, but after a year and a half, UNT said, hey Josh, thanks for playing, but your grades are terrible. You need to leave. I clearly wasn't ready for school. I knew that I didn't want to come back home, but I also couldn't go back to school. And so I found myself kind of between a rock and a hard place figuring out what am I going to do or trying to figure out what am I going to do with my life. And so this is around the time that 9-11 happened and it got me thinking about joining the military. And I found out that videography was a career field I could do in the Air Force. And so I went to my nearest Air Force recruiter's office and said, Hey, my name is Josh. I'm interested in filmmaking. I heard that videography is a career field I could do. And my recruiter said, Yeah, it certainly is. Uh, You know, videography is available for you. However, it's not currently available right now. But when you get into basic training, it will be. All you have to do is sign the dotted line. So I said, Okay, let's do this. Sign me up. So obviously... I learned when I got into basic training that my recruiter was lying to me. I didn't, you know, I was young and naive and I guess too trustworthy of a person. But I learned that that uh, videography was not a career field available for me when I got in. Now, prior to joining the Air Force, I had never shot a weapon in my life. But everyone has to fire the M16 in basic training. I think now they fire the M4 but it was the M16 at the time. And in order to become an expert marksman on the M16, I had to hit the target at least 45 times or more out of 50 rounds. Well, folks, I was such a bad shot on the M16 that the range instructor threw an extra 30 round magazine in my rifle. So I did score a 45, however, it was out of 80 rounds. And the only people who knew that I shot 80 rounds were me and the range instructor. So even on my score sheet, it shows a 45 out of 50. So I think I'm technically still the worst expert marksman in the history of the Air Force, but that's an important part of my story because when it came time for me to figure out what career field i am going to go into, I knew videography was not an option at this point, but they said, hey, you're an expert marksman. You're going to be a cop, which is security forces in the Air Force. And at this point, I'm thinking, I mean, that's not really my personality. Like, is there something else I could do other than security forces? And they said, hey, get out of here. You're going to be a cop. And I said, okay. So this is the first time where I really had a decision to make because this is not what I wanted to do. This is not what I had planned on doing. But I think we've heard the phrase, if you want to make God laugh, tell him what your plans are. He very quickly got a good chuckle out of what my plans were. And he course corrected me accordingly. So I went on to do, uh, to be a security forces member. One of the things that I was excited about was part of the the reason I, I joined the Air Force was to travel. And so, you know, I was thinking, hey, at least every base needs a cop, right? Because every base Every base has, has security forces members. So I could still go to all these amazing places that I'd hoped to go, which was like Italy, Germany, Belgium, Spain. I really wanted to go to Europe. I, 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 had, I had a strong interest in traveling, but I hadn't done a lot of traveling up to that point. But the Air Force had other plans. Instead of going to Italy, the Air Force sent me to beautiful Minot, North Dakota. Folks, at this point, I'm thinking, all right, someone really doesn't like me here because I'm joining to be a filmmaker in Italy. Instead, I'm a cop in North Dakota. But that was, again, another opportunity for me to recognize, hey, God is telling me something, right? God is teaching me something. And so rather than me asking, hey, God, why? What I could be asking or what I should have been asking is, God, what are you teaching me in this moment? Because this is not the way I drew it up. But fast forward, I did a four-year enlistment in the Air Force, Uh, really enjoyed my time there, Uh, got a great experience out of it, learned a lot of valuable lessons that I still carry in in life with me today. And I met a lot of amazing people. I was surrounded by some incredible peers, amazing mentors to help me shift my perspective and recognize opportunities that I had in front of me day in and day out, recognize how to maximize those opportunities each and every day. And so I go back to, to how we are leading a legacy every single day. At the beginning of our life, we look like our parents, And at the end of our life, we look like our decisions. I want to make sure that at the end of my life, I look like good decisions. I want to know that I made the the right decisions to leave a legacy that I can be proud of. Leave a legacy for my family that my family can be proud of. So I'm leading a legacy today to leave a legacy tomorrow. And so as we dive into this topic, I want to first break down the title leading a legacy. Notice that the first word is leading. So the first thing that we have to embrace is that You are a leader. If you're listening, if you're listening to this episode, you are a leader. The reason is you have perspective that nobody else has. You are one of one. There is no one else in the entire world like you. You have your own upbringing. You have your own life experience. Therefore, you have your own perspective that is individual and unique to you. And since you have your own perspective, you have the ability to influence those around you. And if you can be influential, you can affect change. Anybody who affects change is a leader. So you are a leader. However, already some of you listening are saying, that's great, Josh, but I'm not a leader. You don't know my story. You don't know my life or my upbringing. You know, I don't affect change. I don't have influence. So my question to you is, how come some of you are already trying to disqualify yourself as a leader? You're saying, I'm not this, I'm not that. I can't be this, I'll never be this. So why are you already trying to justify that you aren't a leader? My, my response to that would be because somebody at some point in your life told you that you couldn't do this or told you you couldn't do that. And for some of you, that person was you. Some of you have created a label for yourself with a subsequent limitation tied to that label because you told yourself you are this or you aren't this, right? I'm not smart enough. I'm a loser, I'm going to fail at something, and that means I'm a failure. Remember, our actions don't make our identity. Just because we lose at something doesn't make us a loser. If we fail at something, that doesn't make us a failure. Remember, if we're not failing, we're not learning. And if we're not learning, we're not growing. And if we're going to grow through anything, we've got to be willing to go through anything. So these actions don't make us our identity. We can't continue to go through life putting labels on ourselves. So I'd ask you to be thinking about this question of what is your label? What is the limitation that you or someone else put on you? I can tell you personally, when I was younger, my parents always stressed the importance of grades and taking school seriously and stressing that the work that I put in and the results I achieve will help me in my future and the opportunities that come with it. And so I heard my parents right? I mean, they they really stressed this heavily. I heard what they said. And so when I walked across the stage at my high school graduation, I knew that my parents were proud of me. How could they not be, right? I mean, if, if I'm walking across stage, hey, I finally did it. I finally graduated. How could they not be proud of me? I graduated 28th in my high school class. My position determines my perspective. So what do you think my perspective was in that moment when I graduated 28th in my high school class? Now, for our audience to give you more context, allow me to give you the full story. I did graduate 28th in my high school class. Out of 30 people, my position determines my perspective. So now, what do you think my perspective was in that moment? I'm graduating 28th out of 30. I can assure you that did not feel good. I said I heard my parents. I didn't say I listened to them. Obviously, I I had a lot of growing up to do um i didn't i didn't take school seriously i didn't make make my grades a priority and quite honestly grades were, were last in my mind and my graduation results confirmed it and i can tell you that very quickly i formed a narrative in my head that was riddled with labels and limitations the combination of not feeling smart enough not feeling confident enough not believing in myself i put labels on myself that began to form an identity and i had no idea that i formed that identity all on my own. I had no confidence. There was no belief system there and I didn't know how to change that because these thoughts that I had, they turned into feelings and emotions and quite honestly, it was a vicious cycle that played over and over and over again. So I recently attended an event called the Summit of Greatness in Columbus, Ohio and there was a poet there by the name of NQ who said, defining myself is like confining myself. So I undefined myself to find myself. Folks, we will always find evidence in things that we believe. But if we don't like our story, we can change it. We are the authors of our legacy. We can shift a paradigm, change the narrative. We can rewrite our story. I want to share with everyone that you were designed on purpose for a purpose. And the legacy that you're currently leading, again, will determine the legacy that you're going to be leaving. So you have an opportunity to affect change right where you are, right in the seat that you're in. And we can't let the size of our assignment dictate the significance of our impact. We are all right where we need to be because that's where God has us. God wants us right where we need to be. Remember, I thought I wanted to do this and that. I thought I wanted to go to Italy. I thought I wanted to be a filmmaker. At the time, I thought that was great, but that's not what God's plans were for me. And I've learned over the course of my life over and over again, I guess I'm a hard learner, but I've learned over and over again that God's plans, surprise, surprise, they are better than mine. They are always better than my own. And so when we can finally heed that and take take that in, into account, things will start working out the way they need to be. Remember, we can't let the size of our assignment dictate the significance of our impact. You're making an impact right where you are. I can tell you that my time and experience in the Air Force taught me that there are two things we can control every single day. It's our attitude and our effort. So it was there in Minot, North Dakota, when I first witnessed the difference between servant leadership and positional leadership and situational leadership. And you pair that with the fact that I had those amazing peers and mentors that I referenced earlier to learn from and to grow from. And my labels suddenly began to turn into lessons. Labels were not tied to limitations anymore. Those labels and limitations were turning into lessons because my perspective began to shift. My thoughts began to shift. And for the first time in my life, I had a confidence and belief that I could actually affect change. I had the opportunity to affect change regardless of my job title, regardless of my experience, regardless of my knowledge. I could affect change because I recognized I had the ability to influence those around me because I had a perspective that nobody else shared. And when my beliefs started to change, it became an absolute game changer for me. And I knew I didn't want to slow down. And so I wanted to sharpen my axe every single day, get better every day, even if it's a fraction of a percent better every single day. That's something we want to focus on when leading a legacy, sharpening our axe. So ways that we can sharpen our axe, we're trying to improve ourselves personally, professionally, spiritually, emotionally, mentally, physically, spiritually, all of the above. These are all ways that we can sharpen our axe. Are we being intentional when trying to improve in those areas of our life? whether it is to eat better, to, uh, to get active, to learn something new every day, reading, writing, podcasts, videos. If you don't like to read, listen, or watch videos, Holler at me. Text me. Call me. Email me. I got a reliable carrier pigeon named Fred. I will send him your way. You can drop a note in his mouth and tell him, hey, here's what I don't like. Here's what I do like. And I'm going to help you out the best I can. We, want, we need to figure something out to sharpen your axe. We want to figure something out to help you get better than you were the day before. Remember, c- comparison is the thief of joy. We should not be comparing ourselves to anyone except for ourselves. The focus should be on you versus the you you were yesterday versus the you you're trying to become tomorrow. We've got to determine ways that we can be better than we were the day before yesterday. Remember, we're focusing on trying to make improvement, even if it's a small fraction of a percent. Perfection's unattainable. Perfection is reserved for God. It's progress, not perfection. And so if we can make progress in leading a legacy, ultimately we can see massive amounts of progress when we leave that legacy. But if we want to change our legacy, it begins with our thoughts. Our thoughts dictate feelings. Our feelings dictate actions, and actions will ultimately dictate our legacy. If we want to change our legacy, we've got to take power over our thoughts. There was a study recently conducted where it was discovered that humans have 60,000 thoughts per day, or I should say up to 60,000 thoughts per day. Here's the mind-boggling stat though, because 60,000 already is pretty mind-boggling, but the fact is 80% of those thoughts are negative, and 90% of those thoughts are repetitive. So the problem is we have so many thoughts every single day, and the sad truth is that the majority of them are negative and repetitive. So we need to ask ourselves what are we feeding our mind? The brain is the most valuable and powerful asset that we own. And yes, I said we own it. We own this asset, right? We have the ability and the power to take control over our mind. It's not easy. We know that. It's not easy because obviously it's not easy because we're having so many negative thoughts and repetitive thoughts, but we can make changes to our thoughts in an effort to change our legacy. So what we watch, what we read, what we look at, the people that we surround ourselves with, all of this plays a factor in the legacy that we're leading. So think about it like this. If you're listening and you you can classify yourself as an overthinker, first of all, I'm going to say you're not alone. Overthinking is not a personality trait. It's really the sneakiest form of fear. And one of the greatest mistakes that we can make in our life is assuming that all of our thoughts are true. Overthinking gets in the way of overcoming. However, the similarities between faith and fear is that they both believe in a future that hasn't happened yet. So why wouldn't we choose faith? Why wouldn't we choose faith? Remember, thoughts dictate feelings. Feelings dictate actions. Actions dictate our legacy. Overthinking gets in the way of overcoming, and we lose focus because we start comparing ourselves to others. We start thinking that we should be somewhere else or that the grass is greener on the other side. Remember, I just said it's you versus you. It's you versus the person you were yesterday versus the person you're trying to become tomorrow. And the grass isn't necessarily greener on the other side. The grass is green where we water it. We have an opportunity right where we're at, in the seat that we're in for a reason, which God placed us here for a reason. If we're watering the grass, where are we at? Think about how much better our life would be. Think about how much comparison we would be avoiding if we watered the grass where we're at. We're focused on where we're at. I'm not saying to, to lose focus on where you're trying to go, But I am suggesting that we not always focus on how the grass potentially is greener on the other side. The grass is green where we water it. But here's the thing about watering the grass. It takes time. It takes patience. It takes grace understanding and resiliency to experience the fruits of our labor. And and we're likely going to experience the J curve. So the J curve, what it looks like is literally a letter J. And we're starting on the lower end of the of the letter J, right? So so we have this low end of the J. And then if we continue around to the curve, we're going to go to the high end of the J. Imagine you're starting on the low end of the J. So walk with me as, a, as I try to paint this picture of what this J curve looks like. We're trying something new. We're stepping out of our comfort zone, but we're trying to sharpen our axe. We're doing something that's not comfortable for us. We're doing something that is brand new to us. And so the likelihood of us making mistakes or quote unquote failing along the way is very high. The reality is we're going to have a dip in productivity. We're going to have a dip in performance, a dip in efficiency, because we're trying something new that we're not accustomed to, but we're doing it in an effort to grow. So imagine this, you're going through this dip, right? And, and oftentimes we go through this dip and we're on the bottom part of the letter right now. We're going through this dip. Oftentimes this is where we decide to quit what we're trying. We, we quit something new because it's not easy and we're not seeing success. My encouragement is to not quit in the dip. Part of leaving a legacy is to go through the hills and valleys. So we can't quit in the dip. Keep on going through it, go through it to grow through it, and then you're going to see success on the other side. Ultimately, you're going, to, you're going to come out on the higher end of the J because you went through something, you learned through something, and you grew through something. And so the more growth you have, the better off you are because you learned something new and you developed into some, someone new. So I'm asking everyone to recognize that the impact you're making is because you chose to make a decision to go through something and grow through something to get you here. Remember, at the beginning of our life, we look like our parents. At the end of our life, we look like our decisions. Are the decisions that you're making conducive to your growth? Are you choosing to quit in the dip and not go through the growth that you need to go through? Grow through the go through, right? Don't quit in the dip. You are becoming someone who is potentially someone who you didn't ever expect it to meet. You're becoming someone who chose to live an intentional life, a life with purpose, to fulfill your purpose, to ultimately leave a legacy that you can be proud of. So as we wrap up this episode, I want to leave you with one more thought, and my hope is that you'll be able to find inspiration in this to keep going and lead that legacy that I know you will be proud of. And and here's a thought. It is easy to listen to podcasts like this and get motivated. At least that's my hope. My hope was that I was able to share something with you today to help inspire you, help motivate you in some way. But remember that motivation is like a flame, and flames come and go. So my question to you is, what is your flame going to look like a week from now? What is your flame going to look like a month from now? What is your flame going to look like six months from now? Ultimately, purpose trumps motivation. Purpose trumps motivation. I said, I, I shared earlier, each one of you were designed on purpose for a purpose. And some of you may not even know exactly what your purpose is. And that's fine. But know this. You have one. You have a purpose. And getting out of our head is easier said than done, but I want you to know that you're not alone. Some of you may not truly believe in yourself. And sometimes all it takes is for someone, maybe even just one person in your life to say four simple words to you, to influence you, to affect change around you. I believe in you. I believe in you. Folks, I believe in you. You have it in you. You have what it takes. God created you on purpose for a purpose. Go out and live your purpose. Lead a life with intention. Lead a life with purpose. Ultimately, you're going to leave an incredible legacy all because you put in the time, effort, and energy to get there to begin with. So that's all we have today, folks. Thank you again for tuning into the Next Level Leadership Podcast. As we close for the day, I'd like to leave you with some encouraging words from 1 Peter 4.10. Each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. Folks, remember when discovering your purpose, know that God has one for you and he's gifted you with the tools necessary to fulfill your purpose. I'm encouraging you to use those gifts and those tools to serve and bless those around you. All right, everyone, have a great day. Don't forget to smile today. Tell your loved ones how much they mean to you. I'm Josh Parnell reminding you to keep eating.